Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News. A bit earlier for you this morning. Just a few technical issues. It is 4.57 in Sydney, 4.357 in Queensland. Daniel Pettigrew with you on this 1st of November, 2022. Very exciting day as well with the Melbourne Cup start on today. Uh, in around about uh, 10 hours' time from now, uh, race at 3 p.m. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our open line number. You can text us on 0457 As I say, just a few technical issues. Hits um, here a bit earlier, but we do have a big show uh, coming up over the course of the next hour. Going to attempt to have a chat with Vossi uh, shortly over in England. Of course, there is a Rugby League World Cup game uh, beginning in just over an hour's time at 6.30am this morning between Papua New Guinea and Wales. Papua New Guinea and Wales. It's the last one um, in this uh, round before we go to the quarterfinals. We'll have a chat with Vossi about that as well shortly. Chris Perkins will join me, as he usually does, on a Tuesday. Lots to talk about as well in terms of American sports. So we'll have a chat with him as well. Um, and John Gallo, big round of the EPL as well. And we'll have a chat with him as well. And we'll continue our road to the World Cup. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, our phone number. You can, can uh, you can text on 0457-736-736. As I say, we'll have a chat with Vossi uh, shortly um, now. And we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in America in about 10 or 15 minutes time from now. Just gone or just coming up to 5am in Sydney and 4am in Queensland. That's all before, of course, breakfast with Vossi and Brandy through SEN 1170am and SENQ 693am, SEN 1620am. You will take the first hour of Vossi and Brandy before uh, you will have padded heels from 6am local time. All right, we're going to have a chat with Vossi in just a second, but let's kick off the show. As I say, it is Melbourne Cup Day. We do it for Ream. Uh, of course, uh, Ream Hot Water, proud sponsor of World Cups in a nutshell and well, I want to know a couple of things from you on this uh, Tuesday morning. It is one of the biggest days in Australian sport, if not the biggest day uh, in Australian sport with the Melbourne Cup. Is it Australia's biggest day in sport? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 01 11 70 the open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736. Is it Australia's biggest day in sport? And if it's not... What is the biggest day in sport? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line number, 0457-736-736. They say it is the race that stops the nation. And what are you doing today? What are you doing to celebrate the Melbourne Cup? And to help all the listeners out very early on in the morning, we're one big family here. Who are you tipping in this year's Melbourne Cup? I'll share my tip 
Uh, I've got a couple of tips. Not that I have an expert in horse racing, uh, very little knowledge in horse racing, but um, I want to help the listeners out with some tips as well. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number, zero four five seven seven three six seven three six, the text number, uh, if you can join us and let us know. Is Melbourne Cup the biggest day in Australian sport? If not, what is? And who are you tipping? Who is going to win the Melbourne Cup this year? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 01 11 70 the open line number, or you can text 0457-736-736. There was cricket last night as well. We'll get to that. Australia keeping their T20 World Cup hopes alive. Uh, Aaron Finch finding some form, although... A bit of an injury concern for him now, uh, but the net run rate still not what Australia wanted. So whilst their T20 World Cup hopes alive, uh, a lot will rest on what happens in the match between England and New Zealand coming up. I think that is tonight, so we'll look at that. Meantime, let us cross to the UK now, the final game of the pool stages of the 2021 Rugby League World Cup in 2022 is underway in about 90 minutes, and then we get the quarterfinals next weekend. Hosts one part of the breakfast show anyway is Andrew Voss. He's on the line live from Manchester. I see, Vossie, you've been doing some touring today, uh, finding some more establishments to find some food. Morning to you. Uh, yeah, good morning to you, Dan, and good morning to all our listeners. Yes, no, just um, close to the Manchester base uh, today, caught up with a, a guest we've had on our program previously, Phil Wilkinson, um, uh, once the number one rugby league writer in Wigan. He's, he's still got his, uh, still does a bit of writing, but he's also a teacher mm. uh, these days of other journalists. And uh, we, we tried to solve the world rugby league problems in one lunch. Um, <laughs> And we decided that we should run the game, but we're mm. happy for someone else to do it. So that's... that's uh, no, I went to uh, steak and veggies today. Um, oh. you know, pretty healthy lunch. Mm. Uh, so considered of, of probably the last 70... The previous 72 hours, seriously, Dan, yeah. I may have had... <laughs> I've had double-figure tally of pies, sausage rolls and pasties. Seriously, I am not exaggerating. I've just... Oh, just everywhere I've gone, there's been a... A pie thrust into you know in, into my lap, <laughs> and have they got the five V rating, or have some been better than others? Oh, look, they are pretty good pies. Let, mm. Let's get serious here. We are talking about um, very proud pie makers in the mm. north of England, say between Wigan, St Helens, Warrington. There's not a great distance between all of them, yet mm. they're all very, very proud of their particular little pie shops here and there. And I, I must say. They live up to the star rating. It's very hard to separate without offending people. But I've got a, a mob in Wigan as the best pies at the moment, Galloway's. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, but geez, there's some good pies. It is pie heaven over here, my friend. I look forward to trying some. And just before we get to the games over the course of the weekend, did you solve all of Rugby League's problems over lunch today or not? Well, look, we talked about you know the the world game, a lot of Super League chat about mm. how to make things better. Because look, let, let's not get into a chapter and verse, but when you get to know the geography of where the teams are at, and mm. you know north of England, Lee, Warrington, St Helens, Wigan, they're all just like a ten ten minute train trip apart. Mm. And sadly, out of the Super League this year, to lose you know the the second of the French teams was promoted and then relegated. You know. W- one season on, like they get replaced by Lee, uh, you know mm. that that's not growing the game, is it? So that's one of the issues we talked about, and you know they're talking about scrapping promotion and relegation, and I do think for the good of the game that 
when a team comes up, I think they should be allowed to have at least two seasons to establish themselves. Very disappointing mm. that the second French side is now relegated after just one season in the Super League. Yeah, indeed it is. All right, let's have a look at uh, the big names across the weekend or the big teams. New Zealand, 48 over Ireland, 10. I thought... Vossi, I thought New Zealand were a little clunky, it has to be said, in that win, albeit it was comprehensive in the end, but wasn't the best performance of all time. Yeah, I agree with that. Positives and negatives, massive positive is the return of Jerome Hughes. Um, they look... Look, they're at... They're at their best they can possible be if, if Hughes is fit. So mm. they need to have him fit. They just weren't the same. Kieran Foran's still a very capable player, mm. um, deserved his selection, but he, he ain't Jerome Hughes now. So Jerome Hughes, a Dylan Brown halves combination, very important. But the rest of the side, yeah, it is very hard to line up. There's, mm. there's no doubt about that, to line up the heavy hitters form against each other given where we are at in the competition. Um, I'm certainly not dismissing New Zealand, though, at this point. I think if Australia played New Zealand right now, Australia beat New Zealand, mm. but New Zealand will have another game under their belt before that um, that semi-final clash. Has there been any news? I know Jimmy Smith asked this on breakfast. Has there been any news today around Jared Rhea Hargraves? Is he facing a ban? Do we know yet? Well, I, I just assumed that it would just be the mandatory one game mm. because look, no one's had any more than one game. And based on, um, you know, based on all the... Uh, suspensions that we've had in the Cup so far, you just thought, well, that's just fait complete, surely, mm. you know. And it hasn't been a case of, um, uh, you know, if a player is sin-binned and that doesn't mean they have to serve a ban, You've, there's been players sin-binned and banned as well. So given, you know, I don't think there was a great deal um, in doubt around mm. the uh, Jared Waria Hargreaves. Look, look, that... That's not going to be the be-all and end-all. Uh, again, um, New Zealand would be a stronger squad if he's available. But based on the fact he came into this tournament coming off suspension, I think Michael Maguire was probably thinking um, Jared is going to be a, let's say, 25, 30-minute front rower for mm. my team. So mm. I think he can still do that. If he serves a one-game suspension, he could still do that. Um, but he is he, he is looking at another week. Mm. And he will have only played, you know, what, not what, much twenty minutes. So yeah. he, so he's out. He, mm. he he's a it's a what's what called a grade A high tackle. They they have letters next to the charges. So that, <laughs> a grade A high tackle is a yeah. one game ban. Mm. So he'd be back uh, for uh, semi final. By, by the way, Jerome Hughes. I, I I'm not sure what the deal was, but he did get charged with contrary behaviour, and mm. I. I I'm, I've struggled to find out what that was about, but he only gets a caution. What, what would contrary mm. behaviour be? And of course, and of we course, go. grade A, not to be confused with A graders that you hear on uh, Joel and Fletcher's Good dr- point. Uh, run home. Good point. Thank yeah. you. Ask uh, Vanessa about that with the news. Yeah, we should. Uh, England probably not much to say in '94 over Greece. For uh, they were expected mm. to win and win big, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I look. I watched the first 20 minutes of that game yep. and I thought, you know what, I still think PNG can beat them. Mm. And then fatigue set in with the Greeks. Like, they they absolutely, <laughs> they just ran out of petrol at the 20-minute mark. The Greeks, they were trying so hard early um, and, and they gave their best. And then once, you know, it was like the, the dam, the dyke, the boy trying to put the finger in the holes. <laughs> just coming, It was just gone. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm not getting... Um, uh, carried away with the scoreline. Mm. Um, I know what I saw. I know that England need Victor Radley and that elbow injury will be a problem. Um, if, if Victor now plays on, 
we do know he's not 100%. He just yeah. can't recover from the type of injury that he's had. But, he, you know, plenty of players play through it. But he can't be 100%. Mm. Um, but they do need Radley. Radley is, uh, you know, is an, is an X factor for England. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, 100%. And I want to ask you about Tonga and Samoa. One of them, of course, in action a little later on today. But just mm. quickly, Australia, I see Cooper Cronk has come out overnight saying uh, Mel Meninga just make, needs to make a decision and he believes Nathan Cleary yeah. should be selected. But Mel Meninga has come out and said that it could could be uh, Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans both in the side, presumably one on the bench. That would be Daly Cherry Evans, you'd think. I think he just needs to make a decision, doesn't he? Oh, I think that's a ridiculous decision. Yes. That's not, that's, <laughs> you know, we're, we're about, uh, again, Brandy's made the point. I'll just mm. quote the philosopher Brandy. We're not <laughs> playing, you know, kids, everyone gets a game stuff here. We're trying to win a World Cup. So the, at the quarterfinal stage, you are picking your best side and then your best side plays in the semi and your best side plays in the final. Mm. A best side is 17 players that are all going to get on the field, not, mm. not just token representation. And now, with respect, Jerry Evans, if he was on the bench, is a little bit around Parramatta playing Jacob Arthur, yeah. uh, who only comes on if there's a possible injury or he gets thrown in the last five minutes. I, no, I think we need players that are going to all play minutes as part of a contribution to the victory. So I think we're penalising ourselves, a player, mm. if we have um, that type. I mean, your Jack Whiten type on the bench is you're perfect because you can play in the half, centre, could play middle forward if you had to. You know, someone like that mm. is, your, is your 14th that covers the halves position if there was an injury, given the players Australia has. So, no, I'm, I'm with Cooper Crock, 100%. Make a call, Mel. Well, that, that's your job. Exactly. That's your job. And I, and I think most people think it should be Cleary. No, and that's nothing against Daly Cherry Evans, who's been a very good player for a long time, would do a fine job. But Cleary has been really the dominant halfback over the past couple of years in the NRL. Oh, if, if someone says again to me, yeah, but the incumbents, and, mm. and, oh, please, I, I will throw up. <laughs> please do not talk about anyone owning the Australian jumper because the, uh, the last time we played a test, I can't even remember the last no. time we played a test. You know, so don't tell me that, that incumbents have ownership of the Australian jersey right mm. now. Not yep, at all. Totally agree. I uh, just want to ask you about these other two sides as well. So we've looked at Australia, New Zealand and England. Uh, Samoa, yesterday you uh, called that game against France, 62 points to four. Good win by Samoa. Uh, and, of course, PNG up against Wales today. Tonga uh, defeated the Cook Islands 92 points to 10 yesterday. These two will meet in a quarterfinal. It'll be next Monday morning, I think it is, Australian time. Firstly, an interesting match. And whoever wins out of that one, presuming England does get through their quarterfinal, do you give them a shot yep. to beat England? I, I do. I think either side can. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree with you there. And, and right at the moment, you know, if, if you're prepared to just erase from your memory bank as if it mm. never happened <laughs> the very first game of the tournament, mm. then I've got Samoa beating Tonga. And mm. I believe that the difference is Jerome Luai. Again, mm. I still think the Tongan playmakers... Oh, well, I don't... I, I'm absolutely adamant about it. They are inferior to what Samoa have. And I think, by and large, the two forward packs could, could cancel each other out. Um, the two back lines are equally good. So I'm looking at the playmakers, the blokes who are going to create the most chances. And for mine, Jerome Luai and an improving Anthony Milford from last night's game, coming back from suspension, he got better the game went on. I just think it's greater than what Tonga can put up. Yeah. So for mine, Luai, uh, Luai for mine could, you know, if they, if they won there, 
They then challenge England. You know, he, he could be on his way to being playing of the player of the tournament. Mm. He's got two men of the match awards already. Mm. Um, Jerome Luai can be the difference for Samoa, in my opinion. Hopefully, if they do get through that quarterfinal and do play England in the oh. semi-final, they don't. They they don't remember. They they try and get out get what happened against England in the first week out of their head, which I think they can do. I mean, you see it a lot. Redemption. Teams, wow. yeah, redemption. What a story yeah, well, it would what, be. Well, that's. What, I asked that to Robbie Hunter-Paul in commentary mm. last night. I told him how in Australia we have the saying, you know, any team that concedes 50 points can't win a premiership. Mm. Is there any throwaway line around a World Cup? Any side that concedes 60 points can't win the World Cup? Mm. Well, perhaps Samoa could. They, they, could. And it's down in London. Yeah. Um, you know, but but they do have to get past Tonga, and that mm. is a colossal matchup. And um, I- yeah. This this Monday morning Australian time. And I think whatever way you look at it, the final, whether it be England or Samoa or Tonga, I think it's going to be good up against Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, one would agreed. assume. Uh, agreed. Vos- and, yep, go and they've sold over 50,000 tickets, I'm told, mm. already for Old Trafford. So, mm. you know, it's going to be a, a, a great stage for a match of that quality. Yeah, I will be there very much looking forward to it. Fossey, thank you. Big show, of course. Melbourne Cup Day. Have you managed to have a bet at all uh, over there in the UK? I've uh, been to betting shop this afternoon <laughs> and uh, lodged bats. Uh, so I've had, um, it's a bit confusing. I had to get mm. an explanation. I was like a rookie punter in there. I know how to put a win bet on, but I didn't know how to put quinellas and, uh, and trifectas. So I've got my win bet on with mm. uh, both uh, Deauville Legend and Gold Trip. Mm. Uh, and then quinellas are forecasts over here. So I've had my forecast around those two. And then I've had my tricast, mm. which is the equivalent of a trifecta, and I've thrown in Knight's Order. So I'm yes. Deauville Legend, Gold Trip, Knight's Order, my trifecta always. Yeah, Knight's Order is one of my horses as well. Not that I have much idea about it, but I just I just have a feeling. Who knows? It'll probably run last. Uh, thank you, Vossi. You'll be on after six. I believe you're catching up with uh, Matt Hill as well, uh, the caller of oh, the Melbourne yeah. Cup sensational caller. Always love hearing from Matt and uh, he's as good as any race caller we've ever had. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, You'll catch Vossi after six. We'll hear from you then. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Lieutenant. Uh, Andrew Voss in the UK, and we may have another chat with him on Friday morning ahead of those uh, quarterfinals. We mentioned the Tonga Samoa quarterfinal. Should also uh, mention as well the other ones. What we're looking at, obviously, still one game to come with a PNG Wales. Sorry, I said Tonga Wales, but it's PNG Wales. So the way the quarterfinals look at the moment, uh, the first one will be six. This is Sydney time, six thirty a.m. Saturday morning. Australia will play Lebanon. Uh, Australia heavy, heavy, heavy favourites uh, there. Now, England are likely to play PNG, but that will be confirmed after the match this morning, um, and that will be at 1.30am on Sunday morning. Following that, at 6.30am on Sunday morning, New Zealand will take on Fiji, and Monday morning at 1.30am, so set those alarms early, because I think it will be uh, the best quarterfinal of the lot. Tonga, Samoa. Um, that will be 1.30 a.m. next Monday morning. So really looking forward to that. We do that all for Ream. Does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Ream. Going to have a chat with Chris Perkins in just a second. It is coming up to 16 past 5, 16 past 4 in Queensland. Now, you may have missed the top of the show. Started a few minutes early. Um, question for you this morning. Uh, is Melbourne Cup Day, which it is today, the race in less than 10, hour, 10 hours, the biggest day on the Australian sporting calendar? I mentioned last week on the show that, you know, we have State of Origin, we have NRL Grand Final, we have AFL Grand Final, the Australian Open, uh, the Ashes, of course, uh, every now, every what, every three or four years in Australia. Um, but this is one of the days, well, it's a public holiday in Melbourne. 
people in Melbourne wouldn't be up at the moment. Most people in Melbourne wouldn't be up. Um, and I know a lot of people in Sydney and Queensland will only work half the morning and uh, take the afternoon off. Um, we got a text last week saying it should just be a public holiday, a national public holiday. Um, that's a debate as well. But it is one of those things, one of those sporting events that does stop the nation in the middle of the afternoon. Now, I would say if State of Origin uh, was on on a uh, weekend, on a 3 p.m. on a weekday, if an NRL or AFL grand final was, that would probably do the same as well. But very, very interesting. Uh, your thoughts. 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170 on the open line. Um, is Melbourne Cup Day the biggest day on the sporting calendar? And if it isn't, what is? And who's your tip for the Melbourne Cup as well? This one uh, from Yeovil Treeman, he says, uh, Hi, Dan. In my opinion, the Melbourne Cup is the biggest sporting event in Australia. Being on a work day during working hours, so many people have no interest in horse racing, get involved, who have no interest in horse racing, get involved. In their office sweep, having their only bet of the year, um, an excuse to have a work function. No other single sporting ev- event uh, that does that. I'm leaving the favourite out of my first four. Stockman with a stockman without a fight, high emotion and young Werther. So that is who Yeovil Treeman is tipping in this year's Melbourne Cup. Yeah, share your tips, share it with the listers. 0457 736 736 is the text number or 1300 01 Uh We will go to a quick break and come back and speak to uh, Chris Perkins in the United States in a second. On the yeah, welcome back. Apologies to those who may have taken the break early. Yeovil Treeman on the text. Uh, I'll just read out uh, these. First four, Stockman, without a fight, and high, uh, high emotion, and young Werther. That's his tips. You're asking this morning, is Melbourne Cup Day the biggest day on the Australian sporting calendar? If it isn't, what is? And what are you doing to celebrate Melbourne Cup Day today? Have you got the day off? Are you taking the afternoon off? And share your tip for the Melbourne Cup uh, to all the listeners here on World Cups in a nutshell. 21 past five in New South Wales, 21 past four in Queensland. Let us cross to America, and we do that for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Chris Perkins, good morning to you. Well, good morning. Happy Halloween. Uh, It Uh, is Halloween day over here. So lots of kids will be out getting uh, getting sugar rushes tonight, dressed up in funny costumes. Yeah, are you uh, doing any trick-or-treating yourself, or you'll leave that to the kids? Uh, I will leave that to the kids. Smart. If I want candy, I'll go buy it. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very, very wise decision. All right, quite a lot, too. I did do a Halloween. Yeah. I did do a Halloween party on Saturday night okay. at, at, a, at a bar in West Virginia. Huh. Uh, I went as The Undertaker. Uh, well, uh, Hmm. Okay. Did that? Did yeah. Okay. A bit morbid, but all right. Um. That. that but that's a very good. Uh, <laughs> is there any pictures of this, Chris? God, I hope not. Ah, uh, good. Very, very wise. All right. Let's get on uh, to the sport. Quite a lot to get through. John Gallo, by the way, will join me in about ten minutes. Look at the EPL, uh, NFL. Another big week, Chris. Yeah. Uh, huge week. Some uh, interesting results. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, I think they're back. This trade with for Christian McCaffrey, I think, is going to work out pretty well for him. Uh, McCaffrey did something yesterday that nobody's done in 17 years in the NFL. Mm. Uh, he ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown. 
first first guy since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2005 to have the touchdown trifecta in an NFL game. Mm. Uh, the uh, 49ers look great at SoFi. Excuse me, Levi South in Los Angeles, mm. 31-14 over the defending champs. Uh, the champs are in trouble. Mm. They. They're sitting at three and five, and uh, they got some issues. And Cooper Cup went down with an injury. Uh, everybody in LA is kind of holding their breath right now, uh, seeing if their one star is going to miss any time. He walked off the field, thankfully. Mm. Uh, he got his ankle rolled up, but who knows if he's uh, how how he's going to be next week uh, for their next game. Yeah, not good news at all. Now, staying on uh, football, but moving on to college football, the first, uh, the, f- the playoff rankings have come out, the first of them. Well, no, they come out tomorrow, tomorrow night, yep. actually. Uh, tomorrow oh, night, Tuesday, U.S. Yep. time. Uh, we, yeah, we get the AP polls every, mm. every week, and we've gotten that from the start of the season. Mm. Up until now, we'll continue to get those, but those kind of take the back seat once we get into November to the official college football playoff rankings. Mm. Uh, this is the committee that determines the 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 four playoff teams and the the participants in the big New Year's six bowl games. Mm. Uh, that committee is meeting today down in suburban Dallas. Mm. Uh, they'll release their results tomorrow. Fully expect some combination of Tennessee or Georgia at number one and two, and then Ohio State and Michigan at three or four in some sort of order. Really doesn't matter because this Saturday we'll know who's the slam bang number one Mm. because Georgia will play Tennessee in Athens, Georgia, between the hedges Saturday afternoon in in the big big CBS game at 3.30 U.S. Eastern time on Saturday. Uh, which it's going to be as as big as the Tennessee-Alabama game was a couple of weeks ago. This one's going to be 100 times bigger. Okay. We're looking forward to how many people, how many do you reckon will go to that? Uh, capacity at Sanford Stadium in Athens, about 90,000. I figure they'll shoehorn about 95,000 in there. Okay, 95,000. Oh, right. That will be, uh, well, yeah, that'll be a lot. That's a, that's a lot of people in one place, um, which the NRL would love uh, to get, and maybe one day we will. Uh, we do for great finals in State of Origin. I, I just, uh, bit, I mean, that was a bit flippant, but we. I speak to friends over in the UK. Um, you in America, I had a friend that goes to a lot of rugby league games. He went to a pre-season NFL game a few months back, packed. Uh, the atmosphere, just sensational, sensational. We, and we have had that at the back end of this year at places like Harley Hunt Stadium. It's just, when the crowd's big, it's just, I, I would love to be uh, in a position where you get 40, 50, 60, 70,000 each at every week. Now, tell me about World Series Game 3. Yeah, Game 3 coming up uh, tonight mm. in Philadelphia. Ticket prices, I looked this morning. Uh, if you want to get into the building, not even get a seat, just get into standing room only, uh, you're going to be dropping about 600 U.S. dollars just to get in the okay. building. If you want to have a place to rest your bones, uh, it's going to cost a little more than that. Yeah. But, uh, yes. yeah, it's a big deal in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, they had made a playoff appearance in 11 years, haven't mm. been in the World Series since 2009. Uh, the Philly is ready for, for tonight. Game three, the series, even one game apiece. Philly's got to 
big break. Game one Friday night, they were 5 nothing down going into the fourth inning with Justin Verlander on the mound for Houston, who was absolutely rolling, was perfect through three innings. Mm-hmm. And, and then the wheels kind of fell off the canoe for him in the fourth and fifth innings. Uh, the Phillies came back, tied it. Wound up going to extra innings. JT Real Muto hits a home run in the 10th inning. Give the Phillies a 6-5 win in, in game one of the series. Uh, by the way, that, that, uh, that 5 nothing deficit that Philly came back from, first time in 20 years, a team uh, won a World Series game trailing after trailing by five runs. Last time it happened was game six of the, of the World Series in 2002. The manager on the losing end of that game, uh. Dusty Baker, the current manager of the Houston Astros. Okay. So he's got a little bit of history with uh, blown leads. Houston won game two Saturday night pretty comfortably, so it's 1-1. Games three, four, and five the next three uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday night in Philadelphia. If necessary, goes back to Houston for games six and seven Friday and Saturday night. All right, and you sent me a video last night. What an ending to the NASCARs. <laughs> oh, my God goodness this was pure video game stuff <laughs> yes if you it was have not seen the video get online and and do a search in your youtube or your google machine for <clears throat> ross chastain you will get results final lap at martinsville speedway it's the it was the final race before the race for the championship next week in phoenix huh. ross chastain needed to Finish ahead of Denny Hamlin to get one of the final playoff spots, the final championship race spots, mm. where you're eligible to win the, the, the uh, NASCAR Cup. Um, final lap, backstretch, he decides, uh, you, you've heard the phrase, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> That's what uh, Russ Chastain did on the backstretch. Yes. Put it in fifth gear, put the pedal to the floor, mm. and put his car up against the wall. And normally you take Martinsville, which is a half-mile bullring of a racetrack. Mm. You take the corners about 65, 70 miles an hour. Mm. Dude was doing every bit of 140 around turns three and four. He pinned his car up against the wall and just floored it. Wound up sneaking past Hamlin and sneaking into the flying into the championship race, where he's got a shot at the cup now next Sunday in Phoenix. It was one of the craziest moves you'll ever see on a racetrack. Yeah, so, so definitely go check it out. Yeah, it was an amazing finish, wasn't it? And thank you for sending me that. That was a very, very good video, Chris. Good stuff. We will chat again on Thursday, where we'll preview a big weekend, and I'm sure a lot of other things will be happening in this world of sport in America. Thank you, mate. We'll chat then. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Chris Perkins in the United States. Uh, from the Big G on 0457 asking, is Melbourne Cup Day the biggest day of the year? And if not, what is uh, biggest sporting day? He says, morning, Dan. These are my biggest days in sport. NRL Grand Final Day, Bathurst, and the first day of the first test each year. I agree with you on that. Well, I agree with you with NRL Grand Final Day, um, but... Um, the first test, the first day of the first test each year, 100% agree because you're building up to that first ball, wherever it's played, sometimes usually the Gabba, but sometimes other places. It's just so, such a special uh, moment. He also says, I have no interest in horse racing, so Melbourne Cup Day means nothing to me. 
Uh, sorry, Big G. I'm usually the bloke who covers shifts at work for others. Cheers to Big G. All right, well, Big G, I won't ask you for a tip, uh, but I will ask all the other listeners, who are you tipping in this year's Melbourne Cup? Where are you going to be watching? And is it Australia's biggest day in sport? Share the tips with the listeners. We want some insight early on on this Tuesday morning. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back and uh, give you a T20 update and speak to John Gallo, all things football. It is going to have a chat with uh, John Gallo, all things football, in a second. Just before that, let's do this. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup. Yeah, so I mentioned on the top of uh, the show, but if you missed it, Australia did win against Ireland last night. They won by 42 runs, keeping their T20 World Cup hopes alive. Aaron Smith, uh, Aaron Smith, Aaron Finch smashed 63 runs to silence his critics, uh, while Glenn Maxwell, Mitchell Stark and Adam Zampa combined to take six wickets in a bowling mark. Master class. So off Australia's 20 overs, 5 for 179. In reply, Ireland could only manage 137 all out. Finch, though, did pick up a hamstring complaint in the win and is set to undergo scans today, putting the skipper in doubt for Friday's game against Afghanistan. They could have jumped England into second spot in Group 1 with a win of 75-plus runs, but will settle for the win last night, which is still relatively comfortable in the End. Now, uh, a lot will rest on the match tonight. Not everything, but a lot will rest on the match tonight. There's two games in the T20 today. Uh, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka kicks off at th- starts at 3 p.m. Uh, I would advise maybe they should just move that back about five minutes. But Afghanistan, Sri Lanka at 3 p.m. And then a big game tonight at 7 p.m. between England and New Zealand. Uh, that's a huge game between England and uh, New Zealand there. So that is what is happening in the T20 World Cup. Um, and Australia getting that win by 42 runs. Did you watch? Were you convinced by Australia? Uh, good to see Aaron Finch back in form. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly convinced um, just yet in that game tonight. Very interesting, that England-New Zealand game. Uh, the other thing, as I welcome at John Gallo, and we're going to talk EPL, is that this week uh, is my final full week on the show for a while. I will be here next Tuesday uh, for my final show before I, before I head on some leave. But at least for a couple of weeks after that, Alex Bokchanov, who you'll hear on the Global Game, uh, he's got a lot of names in uh, this wonderful SEN office, and all good names as well. Uh, he'll be taking the seat over the couple of weeks at least leading up to the Football World Cup. So I'm with you all this week and also again next Tuesday. And then Alex will take you through uh, World Cups and Shell Tradies News in a nutshell uh, for a couple of weeks at least leading up to that Football World Cup. But still got a few more chats with this next man, including right now, John Gallo is on the line to talk football. John, good morning to you. Morning, Dan. How are we? Yes, uh, very, very well. Big day in sport, of course, with uh, the Melbourne Cup. I know you're going to be eagerly watching that at 3pm this afternoon. Uh, might get a tip from you uh, shortly, but look, let's talk EPL first. Some, another interesting weekend of results. Some uh, we expected, some we didn't. Let's go back to Saturday night and the first game, Man City. Uh, they got the win, but it was only 1-0 over Leicester City. Yeah, it was. It was a tight affair, and uh, in the end, it took a, a wonderful, magical free kick by Kevin De Bruyne 
to uh, split the difference between the two sides. But watching this game, I have to say, Leicester, particularly in that first 45 minutes, just done so well to defend. They were organised defensively. They kept their shape, kept their focus, uh, you know, throughout the course of that 45 minutes. And then just after half-time, Kevin De Bruyne hits a, a wonderful free kick that not many goalkeepers in the world would have been able to save. Just literally a top left-hand corner. Postage stamp goal, as they refer to it in football. And... Uh, just really world-class, and that was the difference in the end between the two sides. But Pep Guardiola, Man City manager, praised Brendan Rodgers in Leicester City after the game, saying a fantastic defensive display. Uh, it was one of the best football that he's seen defensively from the opposition side, and they just did so well. At one stage, they had less than 4% possession. Uh, so that's how one side of the game was. But Leicester still starting the fight, still provides some problems on the counter-attack for Man City, but City just uh, far, far too good in the end. Yeah, now Newcastle started their very good start to the season. Only a couple of weekends, a couple of rounds to go before the World Cup break, and they defeated Aston Villa 4 0. Yeah, great uh, display again from Newcastle. This is, I've read you know, yesterday, eight games in a row uh, without defeat. Uh, they've just continued their climb up the ladder into the top four, well and truly now. And I think many people are considering them a top club in, in English football. Um, I think the fact they've had a Saudi Arabian takeover and the money splashed. In the last 12, 18 months on buying new recruits has certainly done them the world of, of difference. Um, guys like Amirion Gumierish, yet again, fantastic. Callum Wilson grabbed a double as well. And, uh, you know, Jolton up front as well grabbed another goal. So Newcastle, uh, you know, making Aston Villa crash back down to earth after they won last week, Villa. Um, but uh, fantastic display from Newcastle. They're just a, a real uh, force at the moment. Close game between Tottenham and Bournemouth. Tottenham getting the win away from home 3-2. Yeah, I think Spurs escaped a, a loss here. At one stage, they were down 2-0. Um, and there were some worries at half-time on uh, Antonio Conte's face as he headed into the, uh, into the tunnel to talk to his team. But whatever was said at half-time made the world a difference because they came out a completely different football team. They were much more hungry, much more energy and liveliness about Tottenham. Uh, obviously, Kane and Son got on the ball a little bit more, which caused former defence uh, the world of problems as well. And certainly added to uh, the fuel of, of Tottenham getting back into the game. 3-2, tough for victory, a tough three points, but uh, that'll be all the plays they got out of there with a win. Certainly will be a very, very good game. Now, this one, uh, uh, to be honest, I didn't see coming, but uh, what a turnaround, and they needed to do it as well. They had been struggling Brighton over the past couple of weeks, but a huge win over Chelsea at home at Brighton, but still Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Yeah, this was a, a really strange game if you're a Chelsea fan. I mean, out of the four goals that were scored by Brighton, two of them were own goals. Um, it just seemed like a, a calamity in the back of the uh, uh, defence for, for Chelsea. They just uh, couldn't get any stroke of luck at all throughout this game. And uh, really, they were left a little bit bemused by it all. Um, and, and no one could work out why. I mean, it wasn't expected to see Chelsea come out so poorly. They just didn't have the bounce of the ball go their way. Uh, but credit to Brighton where it's due because they were fantastic in attack. Obviously, Leonardo Trossard up front led the way. He also grabbed the goal throughout this game. But the whole of the Brighton team really played very, very well and didn't allow Chelsea to settle into the game at all. From start to finish, they were completely at them. Didn't let them settle into the game. And, you know, Graham Potter, the former Brighton manager, was uh, left a little bit uh, shocked by it all as well. He didn't expect that from his former side. And he was booed at halftime from Brighton. He didn't get a very good reception going back home to Brighton. But... Um, you know, I think fantastic for them. Brighton have really turned a corner in this game and hopefully they get some consistency now and are able to build on it going forward this season. Hey, John, just quickly, just away from sport, I've just got the Today Show on here. Are you a cruise man? Would you ever go on a cruise? 
No, no, I'm no. definitely not a cruise man, mate. I think you, you well know that my uh, my tendency to get sick and my tendency on, on, on boats, any movement of water underneath me, I, I don't go too well, I'm afraid. So, um, mm. yeah, I've got a bit of a boat story about that too as well. I can tell you a bit later on. But, yeah, I'm not good with boats. I just get very nauseous, very sick very quickly. So... Uh, I'll be terrible on cruises, to be honest. Yeah, so you wouldn't be going on the Snead Hobart. No, I ask this because I just uh, had a look at the Today Show uh, whilst you were talking there, um, and there is, and everyone is okay, but uh, there's a boat docking in Queensland that has had a COVID outbreak. Uh, most of them uh, oh. fine, but some of them not even any symptoms. But, yeah, it is, it is a surprise. It's just another reason on my list that, that not to go on cruises. But, anyway, uh, 0.35% of people on that boat have COVID. To me, to, in my mind, I don't know how many people go on cruises. I don't think that's a lot. 035 No. Nah. Mm. Anyway, they're allowed... I wonder how they, got the, how they got the 0.5%. Can you have half of a person who's got COVID, <laughs> or is it just... Uh, with COVID, you can have anything, apparently. Uh, let's move back to uh, sport. It's a funny thing, COVID. No, it's not, but it is. Uh, Crystal Palace won Southampton nil. I'm sure the people who were Crystal Palace fans on that cruise uh, enjoyed that match. Yeah, I thought this was a good game for both sides. It was a tight affair. I did, I did think that before the kickoff, and it, it turned out that way when I watched the uh, the replay of this game. I thought Southampton did a fairly good job. Made it difficult for Palace at times, but that front three for Palace, when you look at Alessia, Eduardi got the goal, and Zaha, uh, as well as SA out wide, just provided a, a lot of flair and flamboyancy for Palace that I think Southampton struggled to keep up with uh, for some period of that game. and. Unfortunately for Southampton, they lose this one. They lose three points, but a good win for Palace, and hopefully they're now on the climb on the Premier League ladder as well to get away from uh, the relegation battle. Gary sent me a message on Twitter just talking about cruises, and you can text, by the way, 0457 736 736. He says, I, I would never have never done a cruise before COVID. Definitely wouldn't now. Uh, now, Brentford and Wolves, one all draw, and Fulham Everton nil all. We'll just skip past those games because I want to ask you about these next three. Um, Leeds United, two over Liverpool 1 at Anfield. We mentioned last week how poor Liverpool's start has been uh, to the season. Well, this, for, uh, by their standards, I mean, they did still beat Man City, but this was a shock result against Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And uh, I think for the preview of this game, I, I did think that Leeds and I were going to come out fighting for this one because I heard Jesse Marsh speak in the lead-up to this game talking about how the backs were against the wall. They really need to fight hard to get out of the relegation battle that they now found themselves in after four defeats leading into this game. Uh, they need to find their confidence again. And he, he spoke about the fact that he was a winner. He wasn't a loser. Yeah. He wanted to illustrate that to the players about the mentality of winning games and what it meant to, to win games. And they found that confidence. And somehow they've played that you know, amazing game of football against Liverpool, uh, even though they're away from home at Anfield, which is not an easy place to go play. Yeah. You can ask Man City about that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they just did a terrific job. They, they stayed at Liverpool the whole way through, didn't allow Liverpool to settle into the game either and uh, really just overran the game. And I think yeah. Jurgen Klopp is yet again left scratching his head. And people talk about the seventh-year curse with Jurgen Klopp. He was previously at Borussia Dortmund for the Bundesliga. And the first few, three or four years, they did very, very well, similar to what he's done here at Liverpool. But on that seventh season... Things fell apart very, very quickly. And mm. this is now his seventh year at, at, at Liverpool and people have made some kind of conspiracy or, or something of that nature to say that in his seventh season at a football club, it tends to fall apart very, very quickly. So there's now pressure on Klopp, would you believe it or not? People are now saying after this loss that, you know, that the board at Liverpool are going to be very impatient with him mm. uh, if they weren't before. And uh, questions could be asked. But 
We'll have to wait and see on that one, but Liverpool need to find a way to turn things around very, very quickly. It's, it's going from bad to worse. You think they'd cut him a bit of slack considering how well he's done at Liverpool, but yeah, uh, I, I suppose if they're in this position, I think he'll get through this year, I would imagine. If they're in this well, position this time yeah. next year, it'll be very interesting. Well, what makes a memory of it is Claudio Ranieri, who won the uh, the Premier League with Leicester uh, mm. back in 2016, and first time Leicester ever won a Premier League title within about six months, he was sacked. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it makes a point that you're never ever too safe in, in football, and particularly in the Premier League, which is renowned to go through managers, as we've already seen this season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, just quickly, the other two matches, Arsenal 5, they continue their very, very good start of the ta- start to the season. 5-0 over Nottingham Forest. And Man United 1, they defeated West Ham nil. Yeah, Arsenal fantastic yet again. The front three, Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Bakuya Saka, fantastic. Martin Odegaard as well. Uh, fantastic win. Probably the slight concern, particularly if you're an England fan for the World Cup, is Bakuya Saka had to go off the field with some ligament injury to his ankle. Um, the news is yet to filter out as to whether or not he'll be right to get on that plane to Qatar. But I tell you what, there'll be a lot of England fans that'll be crossing their fingers and toes, hoping he's okay, as well Arsenal fans as well. He's been brilliant for them this year. But a great win and a convincing win at that for, for Arsenal to get back to winning ways. A devastating loss for Nottingham. And with Manchester United versus West Ham, a yeah, 1-0 win. Manchester were probably coming to this game with a lot more good form. Anthony playing some, some decent football in the lead-up to this game. Although he didn't start for, uh, for United in this one. Rashford was brilliant. Bruno Fernandes, Ericsson, Casemiro, all doing a job for, for Manchester United. And West Ham, unfortunately for them, lose the three points and, and climb back down to the uh, bottom of the table. So near the bottom of the table. So fantastic for, for the United and hopefully they get some more confidence going forward this season. John, good stuff. Um, we will do Road to the World Cup. We'll finish actually our Road to the World Cup in terms of teams on Friday and then on my last show uh, this time next week uh, for a little while uh, before Alex fills in um, and then of course the Football World Cup uh, takes over basically. We've got all the games here on SEN right throughout the Football World Cup. We'll get your final thoughts on uh, the Football World Cup but before that we will talk on Friday. We'll do uh, the final two teams. We'll preview another big weekend in the A-League and the EPL. Are you doing anything for the Melbourne Cup today? Uh, mate, we're going to have some uh, work drinks and uh, nice. nibbles and a bit of that, so that will be uh, great. Um, I'll try and do that, but I'll be in Zoom, so I don't know how that's going to work over <laughs> Zoom, but anyway, they told me to join with some nibbles, so I might just have my camera off and go to sleep, to be honest, but wait and see. Just go to the pub. Uh, drink responsibly, yeah, of course. Thank you, John. We'll chat again on Friday. See you, mate. Thanks. You Thanks, mate. John Gallo talking all things football. Uh, now, just in terms of the Melbourne Cup as well, a couple of things you need to know. Uh, it's down to 23, not 24 horses. Durston's withdrawal on Thursday was followed by the shock uh, news on Friday. Uh, the second favourite, Loft, was also out of uh, the race. And Point Nepean uh, was withdrawn yesterday due to elevated blood results as well. And just the weather as well in Melbourne. Uh, for the Melbourne Cup. Now, I've, I've been to a few Melbourne Cups and I've thoroughly enjoyed them. They've been a lot of fun. I've had days there where it's been... I don't think I've ever been to one where it's been really hot, but there's been days where it's been cool uh, or some days that have been warm. Uh, today, they're expecting a top of just 14 degrees in Melbourne, showers. Um, at 3 p.m., it's going to feel like 9 degrees and it's going to be raining. Uh, Michelle Payne said on breakfast yesterday morning with Jimmy and Brandy that potentially there could be some hail. So it will be very, very interesting to see 
how it all unfolds. Uh, but, yeah, top of 13, but it will feel like 9 degrees in Melbourne for the Melbourne Cup at 3 p.m. today. And that's just one of the races. And just quickly, uh, before the break, anyone go to the big dance? Anyone have any interest in the big dance? Uh, apparently 25,000 or more going to that at Randwick today. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70, the open line number. Look, they've done well. New South Wales racing with the Everest and uh, the Golden Eagle and races like that. Uh, you going today to the big dance or was all your attention on the Melbourne Cup? We'll take a break. Come back with more. 0457 736 736, the text number. Or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. It is uh, Chookman on the text on 0457 736 736 says, Hey, Dan, didn't the Riff, as in Penrith, win the big dance a few weeks ago? Yeah, good point. Uh, they did. This is a different big dance, Chookman, but very good point, very good text. Uh, for what it's worth, I'm going in... Oh, I've got two horses, I think, that will win today in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, without a fight, or the one Vosti mentioned earlier, Knight's Order. I just have a feeling about a couple of them. I could be and probably will be very, very wrong. Uh, coming up on Breakfast, with Vossi and Brandy as well. Uh, your chance to go in a Melbourne Cup sweep, but Vossi will have more details on that after the 6am news. Um, and also, uh, for our Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of Vossi and Brandy, and then uh, after 6am local time, Patton Hills will join you. Thanks for your company. Tomorrow we'll wrap up the Melbourne Cup. We'll cross to Melbourne and speak to the host of Tradies News in Melbourne, Maddie Cox, as well. Enjoy your day, whatever you're doing. I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning from 5am news and then breakfast. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.